In a world where trust is shattered and darkness looms, one man's journey from betrayal to redemption will captivate your heart. Absolutely. Even if Absolutely. you don't take them. If you have a relative that is a Christian, yes. allow them to take the kids. I like that. Because yeah. it's like, you, you may not want Jesus, but... Thrown into a detention center, he grappled with the harsh reality of being imprisoned mentally and physically. At that moment, I told myself, I'm not going behind bars no more. Betrayed and deceived by the one he trusted most. So now we're about to enter into this part of your life where you're cheated on. It was rough for me. Bought teddy bears for her, flowers. And my heart just got squeezed and beat upon and crushed and stuck. In the depths of his despair, he questioned God's plan. I said, I said, you don't know what just happened to me, Meg. But amidst the darkness, a glimmer of hope emerged. He found solace in the teachings of a higher power. And in that moment, he discovered a new purpose. Out with the old. In with the new. In with the new. The Holy Spirit came inside of me. From being lost to salvation, this is the story of Nick. Coming soon, this summer on July 1st on YouTube and all podcast platforms. Welcome to the Call by God podcast with Adney Godin and myself, Nixon Sylvain. This show is about dialogues of biblical characters and testimonies of Christians who submitted to the will of God. Each week, we bring on one guest so that he can share their story of how they were called by God. I hope this show inspires you. Enjoy. Hello and welcome world to the Call by God podcast. I'm yours truly, Nixon Sylvain, and I'm with Adney Godin. Today we have a guest and I'm looking forward to hear her, hear her God-given story. My beloved sister, Adney, how are you doing on this blessed I'm going to take a word from our minister, Brother Daniels. <laughs> I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. And I say that because um, God took me on a journey and through that journey, I just felt his presence of just cleansing. And it's like, you just have to always allow him to cleanse and purge and break and mold. So I'm I'm just ecstatic, excited for the next journey he takes me on. So um, truly honored and blessed to be his child. But brother Nick, how are you doing? Um, I've been saying the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak lately. <laughs> so people that know scripture, they'll understand what I'm talking about. But it's it's good to be um, in the land of the living. Um, it's it's always a blessing and an honor and a humble. It's very humbling to to be in a position to to do God's will. Right when the Master call you to do a specific task for Him, it's a blessing. It's a blessing to be used. So I'm doing good. I'm excited. Um, but I'm excited today about our our guests. Um, I, I know you're excited as as I am. And um, I'm just going to go ahead and just dive into it and, and kind of like welcome her on the sh- show. Um, so, Sister Sister Alicia Smith, how are you doing on this blessed day? I am blessed and it's truly an honor to be here with two amazing and beautiful people of God. And what you all have been called to do with this podcast and this ministry is going to bless 
thousands and so um and maybe millions. So I'm grateful for the opportunity to be with you to be with you today. Amen. And, and we're happy to to have you. So uh, again, Alicia, we're so anxious to hear your story. And we just, you know, but before we dive into your story, we just want you to take some time and tell the people a little bit about yourself and what you're about. Awesome. Well, my name is Alicia Smith. And first and foremost, I am a Christian, a woman of God. I've been following Jesus uh, since birth, really. <laughs> uh, you'll hear about that in my story. Uh, but I am married to a wonderful man of God. He is actually in ministry. He's a minister, Henry Smith III. And we have two beautiful children, two and a half year old and a nine year old. And so we're blessed with our family. We live here in Florida and we love God. And everything that we do is for his glory. I, by trade, I'm, I work in human resources. I'm a director of HR. I've been in the field for about 15 years. And I love what I do. I'm very passionate about that. Uh, and I get to still exude Christ even in what I do at work. So that's who I am. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, for uh, ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ, for as many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. So we know you are a true disciple. Uh, of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So with the Call by God podcast, we believe that everybody have a call and everybody has a story. Um, nobody isn't born into being saved. And this is why Jesus Christ came, because every soul needs a savior. So everybody has a story of an origin of where they came from or, 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 or how God has called them. So we're interested to hear how God has called you. And I always say darkness because... Anything before Christ is a dark place. And then once you get into Christ, it's like, voila, <laughs> it's the light, right? The light. So we want you to walk us through, but I'm going to pass it over to Adney. And Adney going to go ahead and ask you those questions where we're looking forward to hearing. Good morning, sis. Good morning. Um, the first question I really want to ask you is, who are you? Who is Alicia Smith? Your makeup who you are, your character. That's the first thing I want our listeners to, because, you know, being in your presence is always an honor. Um, so I'm like, I want the world to get to know Alicia Smith before um, we can go into those deep questions. That is a great question. And I would say a couple of things. Uh, I have a bubbly personality. God has given me a gift to draw people in. Um, and I, 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 I praise God for that. And that's something that I pride myself on, even in my leadership position at work, pulling people together, connecting people, watching people grow. That's, that's who I am. That's who I am in ministry. That's who I am at work. That's who I am with my children. So that's a part of who I am. Uh, I also, I would say that I am, you know, really about, uh, being passionate, whatever I do, I want to give 150% to it. I, I don't do anything half-hearted. Uh, that's been instilled in me since I was a little girl. Uh, so that's important to me. And I just love people, you know, just love on people. And I'm an only child. And so I got a lot of attention from my parents. So I, I do uh, like to... Um, I would say be around people and because I didn't have that <laughs> growing up. So I think that tends to, to I'm a socialite. I, I love to be in the mix, in the know, in the, in the, my husband is like, I'm good. <laughs> I 
which is so different because he's a minister. I'm like, don't you always want to be around people? Uh, but but for but I think he's more actually an introvert. I'm more of an extrovert for sure. So um, that's what I would say. Um, I, and at the core also is service. Uh, I'm a part of a sorority and um, that's big for me is to give back and to to make sure that we're helping other people. So that's who I am in a nutshell. Man. Amen. Okay. So he said something so, so powerful. I wasn't the only child, but I was a baby. (laughs) So I want you to share your experience as an only child because it it leads up to your calling, right? When you grow up with just your parents, no siblings, um, they're spoiling you, whatever you want, they're giving to you. And it's like, how does how does that make up Alicia? Because it's like, you don't get to, and and you're a socialite because most only children are like selfish and I don't care about nobody, but you're the complete opposite. So I want you to share with our listeners, what is that like? What was it like being the only child in your home? Honestly, I loved it. Uh, You know, one of the things that I respect about my parents um, is they poured everything uh, into me and uh, my mother you know, she was real big on, well, both of my parents actually were real big on relationship with God, but also my mother went to college, you know, she worked in a professional career. So really she was all about nurturing that piece. And my dad is more, he's an entrepreneur, he's the, the socialite, you know, so I got those pieces from him. Uh, but my dad was the one, you know, showed up at every school program, right? Because my mom was at work, right? He, um, you know, took me everywhere I needed to go. I don't think I got my license to drive until I was like a sophomore in college. I know, that's crazy. Because everybody wants to get their license when they're like 16, right? Uh, but I was, yeah, to your point, spoiled. So I loved it. Uh, I will say it does have, it does produce some selfish traits. Uh, and my husband has helped me work through that <laughs> for sure. Uh, so I have I have become better now uh, than probably when I was when we first got married. But but yeah, so I, I loved it. I love the support, and that's one thing that I try to do for my children. I'm very big on like I'm going to be at the program. I'm going to make sure we're front and center. You know, we get there early. We're in the front row. I want you to see that support. Uh, so, you know, more than being spoiled, it was more about support for me that I got from my parents or that I received from my parents. And uh, it was, it was fun too. I mean, I had cousins and stuff, so it was, I mean, I was around children, but one of the things, and, and this may lead into, to part of my calling, but so I can, I can go over it again if you want. But one of the things when I was in middle school, I had some really, I had core friends. I had three really good friends. Um, and we, we pretty much were, we grew up together, so to speak. And we became the nucleus, my family. So all three of them practically lived with us. I mean, you know, their pictures are on the wall. They, they call my parents their godparents. <laughs> and so I never really was alone, so to speak, right? Um, yes, at night and things like that. But uh, my friends were always around. My parents wrapped their arms around them. And so, you know, that was a part of growing up too, was, was having that connection. And my parents, again, they're just supporters. I mean, they just, and they still, to this day, my friend called them, they send them gifts. My parents adopted their kids. So they're, they're God grandkids, I guess you would say. So it's, um, my, you know, it's just, that's the beautiful thing about that. They had the capacity to love on other people. Um, cause you said, you know, your parents poured that into you and they nurtured you in that aspect as your parents are pouring, you know, God into you and teaching you about God. When did you first notice like God nudging and pulling you toward him for yourself, not through the extension of your parents, but when he was saying, Alicia, I'm calling you and I need you to listen to me. When did that happen for you? <laughs> 
Yeah. So I want to share maybe two stories. Um, you know, one is going back to, again, my middle school years uh, is really when I felt that first nudge. And that nudge was to be an influencer and to be a what the Bible talks about, right, where it says that we need to be letting our light shine so that other people, you know, may see his good works and glorify him. So I would say in middle school, I started to bring my friends into the fold, not just in our home, but I started to bring them to church. So this, you know, think about it, like fifth, sixth, seventh, you know, graders, right, uh, going to church. All three of my friends came to Christ uh, through God working through me. And of course, you know, his power, obviously not anything that Alicia did, um, but through his power and his, and his providence, um, all three of them, my best friend actually, um, is a, is a female and the other two people are guys, but the female friend, uh, we got baptized on the same day. We were 13 years old and we gave our lives to Christ, uh, Linwood church of Christ. Um, and so in Detroit, Michigan, that's where I'm from. I don't know if I mentioned that, but that's where I'm from. And then my other two guy friends, they ended up coming to Christ uh, later as well um, through our connection. So I knew then that I was different. Uh, I, I've never been the one to kind of go with the pack. Um, you know, people, my friends used to laugh at me when we went to college. I wasn't the partier. Uh, I wasn't the person that was, not, you know, and everybody goes through their own phase. That, that just wasn't mine. I had other stuff we'll talk about, but, you know, but that just wasn't, you know, my story. And so, um, yeah, so I think that was the first time that I felt God calling me. The second time I would say where I felt that something was wrong, um, because as I mentioned, my parents, again, they, they, they made sure we went to church every time the door was open. Uh, my dad's a deacon. So, you know, they're very involved in church. And so I would say when I was in college, I started dating this individual that was not a God. <laughs> and we did it actually for four years. We did it my junior year of college all the way through uh, my first year of employment, you know, after graduating college. And it just, it shifted me. I started, you know, not going to church regularly. I started not being around my Christian friends that I had been around. I started just doing stuff that I knew wasn't me and wasn't what I knew, you know, how God wanted me to, to be. And so I really felt the nudge of God to say, now, you know, better, <laughs> this is not, this is not who I called you to be. And so, um, you know, one random day, I'll never forget. It was matter of fact, it was, it was Valentine's Day weekend, February 2008. Um, the guy I was dating at the time was visiting me. And I just I was like, again, it came out of nowhere. I was like, I'm done. And we have been together for four years. <laughs> and I just said, this is not this. This is not what's, what's good for me. And so uh, it ended up turning into a mess, obviously drama. <laughs> but anyway, but I broke that off. And um, I thank God for that because he really was, was, you know, getting on me about that isn't right. And Harry and my husband, my current husband and I were friends uh, and we started dating May of 2008. And when I tell you, I mean, complete, of course, night and day because he's a man of God, <laughs> but complete night and day. And my husband proposed to me. So we started dating May 2008. He proposed to me July 2008. We got married October 2009. And my life has been back on track ever since then. So, you know, God was was definitely getting in my ear. And again, it came out of nowhere for the person. Like, what are you talking about? We're not together no more. <laughs> but I was like, I know this is not this is not what God is calling me to do. And uh, so, yeah, so I feel that God had definitely redirected me um, in that space as well. And I've been on fire for him ever since. 
Amen. Okay. So again, I'm loving how, you know, you gave those two calls because a lot of times people don't realize that God calls you. It's up to you to answer the call. Cause I remember when he called Samuel, right. Um, and Eli said, the next time you hear him, just say, Lord, your servant is listening. And it takes a matter of saying, Lord, your servant is listening. So I love that. But you have mentioned your college life. And I know you've pledged Delta Sigma Theta. And um, I want to know, because I I, I was on a call not not too long ago, and the sister, she was uh, AKA. And she was like, due to her spiritual um, learning, um, she had to leave the sorority. And my mind is like, as much as I love God, I don't think God is that restrictive, right? So I want to know as you, as a member of Delta Sigma Theta and a minister's wife, does that affect your walk with the Lord in any shape or form? Um, Because I don't want people to feel like, oh, you know, I'm in a sorority. If if that's the case, I can't be a Christian. And that's not the case. So I want you to explain that to our listeners, um, how that is for you to be a Christian and a member of a sorority. For sure. That's a great, great question. And sometimes people do ask that question or have that concern. I've been a member of Delta for 14 years. I was a part of their teen organization when I was in high school. Um, it's called Delta. Um, Delta. Well, I was in Delta Academy and then Delta. But, um, you know, so I've been around Deltas for a long time. I've never felt any type of pull um, or restriction or anything that was not of God. By any means, um, actually, our sorority is founded on Christian principles. Um, so even in our sorority, and obviously I can't get to all the details, but even in our organization, our our rituals and our ceremony, they're all Christian based. So we talk about God. We have a chaplain. We pray. I mean, so there's not anything, at least that I've been a part of. And I, I did pledge alumni chapter. So I pledged after I graduated from college. Um, so I didn't go through the collegiate experience of pledging so that. I'm sure could, could produce some questions, but as far as, uh, you know, the graduate chapter, I was, I became a member of the sorority in Mississippi. That's where my first job was after college. And I love my, my sores there. And again, I've been a part of the, the organization. I've been in leadership with the organization, with my chapters. Uh, I currently serve on two committees right now. So I've never felt that I couldn't be who I am because I'm real big on being who I am, wherever I am. In every environment, right, uh, it's important for me to bring Christ there. Uh, even at work, um, that's important for me. Everybody knows Alicia loves God. <laughs> and I work in HR, so that can be hard sometimes. Um, but, you know, I just, I'm authentic. And that's what I appreciate about both companies that I work for. And even the sorority, I can be authentic. And that's important for me. So anyway, so yeah, I don't, I don't see any issue. Uh, I've never had an issue. Um, and if I did, then certainly my conviction with Christ is more important. Um, and so I would make that same decision, but I, I just haven't crossed that path. So you hear it, listeners, as long as you know that your love for the Lord trumps your your connection to the sorority, we're the light. We have to, like God told the children of Israel to go and conquer Canaan land, right? <laughs> conquer the land. We are his light. We are the children of Israel. We have to go where he sends us, whether it's pledging in a sorority or whether it's working on a job, our duty is to conquer that territory. So I thank you so much, Sister Alicia, for sharing that with us. Brother Nick, do you have any, because I'm looking at you and they're like, do you have any questions for my dear sister? Yeah, I'm 
I'm, I'm sitting back and, and I'm, I'm listening to our dear sister. But before I dive into my question, um, let me take a, a quick, quick break. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Thank you for making it midway through this episode. We want to take a moment to sincerely thank each and every one of you who have been supporting our show. Your encouragement and positive feedback mean the world to us. We want to continue to bring you inspiring and thought-provoking content each week, and that's where we need your help. We kindly ask you to support our podcast by clicking on the link provided in the description below. Your support will enable us to grow, reach a wider audience, and continue to produce the quality content you enjoy. We truly appreciate your support and value your contribution to the Call by God podcast. Together, let's inspire and uplift others in their faith journey. Thank you once again for your continued support, and we look forward to bringing you more enlightening episodes in the future. God bless. Jesus told us, go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Have you been finding it difficult reaching co-workers, family members, and friends? You don't know how to start a conversation. Well, I invite you to www.j3days.com. Their shirts are definite conversation starters. Amen. All right. Welcome back to the Call by God podcast as we continue our our interview with Sister Alicia Smith. Um, It's a few things, uh, Sister Alicia, that you touched on that that piqued my interest. Um, Oftentimes when I interview people, um, they always go back to middle school. They always, they always seem to, they, they, it's like, a, it's, it's something about elementary that we forget, right? And <laughs> we talk about Ella, you know, middle school, you know, obviously middle school is the time that we're going through changes. And, and I know that's a, a, a vital stage in any young adult or young man's life or young female's life. So for you to be 13 years old and get baptized, like that's phenomenal. That's, that's amazing because some uh, a middle schooler will listen to this podcast and they're going to say like, what in like, what happened with her? Like what kind of influences that she was getting? How, so what I want you to do, and, and I know I'm going back. I know we're, we're just touch on a few things, but it's okay to go back because sometimes we need to go more deeper on some of the things that we experience. So I know you mentioned that your, your parents, you know, was brought up in the church, your daddy, a deacon, but it's one thing to to see your your mom and dad experience God for themselves, but it's, it's another when you yourself have to experience the God of the Bible for yourself. So I want you to to share probably a story or two. What was you know what were some experiences that you experienced to know that God is with you and that God is real, that he's, he's not just a God in black and white, but he's a real God. I want, I want you to explain that. I'm, and I want you to go back to as far as to when you got baptized, what were those experiences like? And even after your baptism, while you was in middle school? Sure. So, um, you know, what's been big for me, and that's why I started a podcast, and that's why I love your podcast, is because influence, People having influence in your life is important. You want to have the right circle. And what I will say is I had the right circle. God ordained it where I just had the right people in my life. And so our minister um, of the Linwood Church of Christ at the time was Jerry Macon. He's still preaching. He's in Louisville, Kentucky. 
And I had him and his wife. They were a great, a great influence. They actually are the ones that inspired me to want to marry a minister. I've actually always wanted to marry a minister. It wasn't intentional, this whole, you know, my, my marrying my husband, um, as far as I was planning to marry him, so to speak, it was just that God dropped him <laughs> in my world and, it, and he sought me out. He really did seek me out. So, um, but I, I knew that I just, I loved uh, helping in ministry and I, and I just adored our minister and his wife. They were great examples, similar to what we have with brothers and sisters, but great examples. And so I had them in my life and I babysat their children. So I was always in and around them. And so, and they were, like I said, great influences. And so, um, and we still connect with them today. They're just beautiful people. So that was one thing. I also had a great, great Bible school teacher. So uh, we love, uh, you know, uh, the teachers that, you know, teach our kids and we try to pour into them, even at Hope, because that's a, that's a huge job. You, you have such influence over children. And I remember my teacher, Clyde Mayberry, another minister of God, and he's actually back in Detroit preaching now. Uh, but he was our Bible school teacher. And he was just, he was young, he was hip, and he was real. I mean, at the end of the day, and that's what people want. Kids want you to be real. <laughs> you know, they want to hear, you know, what you have to say as far as they, you know, because they need to learn the Bible, of course, but they want it in a way that's relatable to them. And so he just had a gift with doing that. And um, and he just really drained it into us that we needed God. And like I said, my friends were coming to church with me at that time. And so it was just, I mean, to be honest, it was just a no brainer that, um, God was good. Um, and one of the things that I noticed with my friend, my circle, my friend circle is, and I found this out later, but you know, they were all jealous of me and I didn't understand why, because I'm like, we're a middle, we're middle class. We're not, you know, my parents are, you know, not rich by any means. Um, but you know, we always had a roof over our head and we ate dinner, but my friends would, they told me later that it was because I had a two parent household. And that we fellowship together, we ate together, we did things together, we included them, right? And I was just like, isn't that normal? Isn't that what everybody does? So that's also where I knew, okay, God, this is different. And um, and that he, you know, that he just designed, that was the life that he designed for us. So I will say that, you know, I had good teachers, good influencers. Um, I, I knew that that God was real um, and that he was, you know, blessing our family. My dad actually... Um, became ill. So when I was a young girl, he injured himself at work. And so my mom became the breadwinner. My mom, you know, you know, made sure that we, you know, took care of things. My dad, of course, you know, did what he could. He ended up starting his own catering business. And so he ended up becoming an entrepreneur, actually. Um, but that changed the dynamics in our home. Um, and so I will say that I also saw God just provide. Um, and you know, my mom and dad, I mean, they are, uh, for anybody that knows them, they are definitely different people. <laughs> they love God, but they're different personalities. I mean, it's, it's, it, they're opposite. And, uh, and so sometimes that caused some tension in the home, but I always saw my parents come back together and we always, you know, just, you know, went to church and just tried to pray together. We always prayed together and did things together. So I just saw God work through even tension. And work through, you know, difficult conversations about finances because my mom liked to say, my dad liked to spend, you know. So I just saw God in all of those different examples. Um, and again, I think just having the right teachers and influencers in our life. Um, and st like I said, still people that I respect and, you know, look to even today. So.
Yeah, that's a blessing because I, I think about when the word says train up a child in a way that he should go. And when he uh, is old, he will not depart from it. And the reason why I brought up that question, because in your very a unique case, because people and this is what I find out to be, you know, for myself, I don't know how true it is, but this is my personal opinion. People that tend to be brought up in the, in the church, um, it, they they they. <laughs> They find a hard time connecting with God because of a lack of certain life experiences. For an example, I wasn't brought up in a church, but I went to church because that's what mama them told us to do. She was like, hey, you're going to go to somebody's church on a Sunday. But, you know, I, I was brought up in a broken home. You know, my mom had eight kids, so there was no dad in the household. So, you know, so what I mean by that is that we were surrounded by like drugs, gun violence. So when you when you have life situations and circumstances like that and then, you know, you get delivered from those type of things, you experience God in a total different way than a person that's brought up in the church. And that's why I believe that your story is very unique, because there might be a a, a, a child that's brought up in the church like my son. He's being he's being brought up in the church. Our children's are being brought up in the church. So I don't. I don't want them to have that mindset that they have to step out in order to experience God in a way that they probably not experience them in the church. And that's why I brought that up. And that's why I, I like what your parents did. They poured into you. They taught you those things. And you and not only that, you've seen God through them. You've seen God through them. And that's that's important because I know there's moments that God call us. That's the call. That's what Adney was talking about with Samuel. Samuel. Hey, Samuel. So that's the call. But also the calling which is the ongoing purpose, the ongoing. So, so did you continue, you know, and, and, and I know I'm going back to your college years. I, I like to get into the juice, <laughs> the good stuff. So, so you, since you, you know, being influential in that way in, in middle school, and I'm sure you were in high school. So did you carry that same passion into college and bringing many people to the body of Christ and letting God use you in such a way that it just brought him the glory. And I want you, could you explain some of that? Yeah, sure. So I will say a big transition happened for me when I went to college. So high school, I would agree. It was very similar college. My freshman year, I was focused, right. And I found a church of Christ. I so happened that my, um, dorm advisor was actually a member of the church of Christ, Justin Bond. And I remember that obviously he was older, so he had a car. And I remember I told him I didn't get my license till later. <laughs> so he had a car and all that stuff. So I would ride with him and others to church. And so, yeah, I would say my freshman year, I kept on it, stayed focused. A little bit of my sophomore year, I joined choir. Uh, I love to sing. I don't know if you guys know that, but, and so I joined choir uh, at, the, at Michigan State University. That's where I went to school. And so I was around people that, you know, love God, uh, not obviously, they weren't obviously Church of Christ, but, you know, they love God, et cetera. And so, um, yeah, sophomore year, I was on it. Junior year, everything changed. And everything changed when I started this toxic relationship that I was in for too many years. And it's so funny because every, ever since middle school, right, I was the one like coming to the fold, coming to the fold, right? And I think with this person, you get right sucked into that relationship and your world becomes all about them and as many times as I said hey come with me not once in those four years did that person ever come to church ever hold, hold up I want to know hold up hold yeah. up did this paralyze your spirituality I want you to talk about yeah, that yeah I'm gonna talk yeah, about it right. because yeah because here's the thing so started dating this individual and 
again, you know, I st- it, it started happening slowly, right? It was okay. I missed a week here. And then I would go back. Okay, then miss a week, right? You so you okay, so now we're doing this lukewarm stuff, right? And so, and then eventually it just became I spend every waking hour with this person, right? And you're in college, so nobody's watching you. Mama and daddy are not with you. And so they, you know, they probably don't even know when they hear this, they're gonna be like, what? <laughs> but uh, but you know, but it was it was just every waking hour. So I had my own apartment, my roommate and I, I was never there. Like I was always at this person's place. So, you know, and what I will say, I've never shared this story publicly, um, but, you know, um, that person and I, you know, ended up getting pregnant. So imagine, right, this is the, you know, been with Christ forever, got baptized early, living a, you know, a good life. My parents were very proud of me. You know, I was in newspapers and, you know, I went to the top high school in Detroit. I mean, all of this stuff, right? It all lined up. And like I said, my junior year, it just went completely left. Uh, so anyway, so I remember, uh, you know, taking, I don't even know if I took a test. I just remember that I felt different, right? And so I said, oh, you know, over Christmas break, I'm going to, you know, go back home and like, I'll go to a doctor. Well, my mom works in the medical field. And I remember my doctor's office was on the same floor that my mom's office was on, right? And I remember, I literally, I can physically remember walking down that floor and saying, oh my God, please do not let my mom see me because she's going to think I'm coming to see her. And I'm like, "Mm, (laughs) going to the doctor. And I remember going to the doctor and I remember them saying there's no heartbeat. And I was just like, well, what does that mean? You know? And so uh, I remember I had to go do some more testing. And I remember that same weekend they were like, you know, we basically need to do a a procedure because the baby is not a lot. And I just remember having, so first of all, I have to go home. I have to tell my parents, first of all, I have to be admitted to the hospital. I have to have a procedure done. Oh, by the way, I'm pregnant. Like, you can't even imagine that conversation and the anger and the disappointment that my parents had. I would never, literally, I would never forget sitting on that couch telling them that story. So that was, that was definitely a moment uh, in time where I was just like, okay, this is, this is, this is not, well, yeah, but I still remained in that relationship. We obviously went through that procedure. Um, and, you know, we went through, you know, a couple of more years of dating. Stupid, <laughs> really. Um, and and I, like I said, that's why I said eventually God was just continuing to pull on me. And I finally made that decision, you know, later to say, OK, this is this is not what it's about. Um, so that that's definitely I would say that relationship caused me to to revert um back to darkness and not that having it obviously having children is a blessing but that that was not for me at that time and God knew that um and you know I'm so grateful because you know I I know a lot of blended families right because think about it I could you know have a a teenager you know what I mean right now and that would be not that that can't work for people but that you know that just produces stress sometimes you know to have that that blended family so God protected both my husband and I because we, we weren't virgin when we got married. And so, you know, you know, he protected both of us that we, we, we didn't have, you know, any children before we, um, you know, before we got married. So, yeah. Alicia, I, I'm sorry to cut you off. I, I, I'm so excited, like, for your transparency, because I have a daughter in college and college kids need to hear this. 
that that when you're brought up in a church and you're filled with the word of God, there's oppositions that's going to come against you to pull you away from from things that were taught from you where you were young. And that's why, like when you was talking, I was getting chills because I could relate because I have a daughter. And, and I just can't just phantom in, in my mind that my daughter say, hey, dad, you know, I got a boyfriend, but he ain't in the church, you know. So it's, it's either two things that's going to happen usually when 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 women or men, you know, indulge in certain relationships, whether or not it, in college or, or out, out of college. You, it's either that individual going to pull you away from Christ or draw you closer to Christ. Right. But in your case, this individual pull you away from Christ. And I'm sure this happens subtle. You know, Mr. Bible study. All right. It's no big deal. You know, I'm going to go to Bible study next week. Just going to go movie night, dinner night. So I, I think this is very important for young adults, teenagers to hear. And and again, thank you, Holy Spirit, for her transparency. So what I wanted to know, like, Doing through all when you was going through all of this, knowing that all the God you knew when you got baptized all the way to college, did you feel distance from God? Did you feel like God left the building or you just felt like you did you feel like you let God down? Because I had a moment where I did some things and I'm like, God, I'll let you down. And I broke down and and I felt like God was distance like. I would call like, hey, God, God, you know, where, where are you? So did you feel distance? And if so, what did you do to recover? What kind of counseling? Who did you speak to to regain that spirit or that connection with God? I want you to share that because somebody is in college right now is experiencing that right now. Yeah, uh, a great, great, great question. And what I will say is I, I certainly love God. I, I never at any point felt that God forsook me or anything like that. I knew it was me. Um, and so I took my senior year to really, even though I was still dating this person, I, I took that year to say, Alicia, get, get it together. So I started going back to church. Um, and then when I graduated from college, I went to Mississippi and I, the first thing I did, you know, I, you know, found an apartment, all that stuff, but I found a church. And, um, and I was away from this person, although we were, you know, quote unquote dating long distance, I wasn't in their presence. And so, you know, I wanted to keep going with my relationship with God because I just knew better. Right. And when you know better, you do better. And so I just, I made it, made it honestly in my mind that I'm not going to allow anybody to separate me from the love of God. And so when I went to Mississippi, I joined, um, uh, Liberty, uh, Liberty Heights Church of Christ in, in Batesville, Mississippi, uh, Brother Williams is the, the minister there. And when I tell you they took me in as their own, they did. And uh, and so I, I really got my connection back with Christ. And that's why when I came back to Michigan, again, although we were, you know, we were still quote unquote dating, it, it was different. It was different because I became different. And I just, re- you know, refused to allow, you know, that to continue to, um, you know, move me in different directions. So yeah, I never felt God left me I left him and, um, but I, I, I knew better. So I just, I, I got, I got myself together. Um, and I, again, it, everything is themed around your circle. If you, if you do not surround yourself with the right people, it is so easy to just, to just go down the wrong path. And so again, my senior year, I got, you know, got back into church, got around people that were, were, were thinking and saying the right things. And then when I went and did my first year of employment, got in church. When I came back to Michigan, got in church. So 
you see the theme. And by the time I came back to Michigan is when really Henry, my husband, Henry and I, um, because we knew of each other because of the church, he was the assistant minister at the church that I um, was attending when we were back in, in Detroit. And um, so we knew of each other, but, you know, I was not thinking about him in any way like that. And um, but we became friends. We kind of just started chit chatting on the phone, things like that. Nothing. It was purely just friendly. And um, but it was just something about him, uh, you know, that I, I knew was different. And he was very focused. So, again, it was just, you know, one of those things where, again, surrounding yourself with the right people. And God just revealed to me it's time to let that go and move on. And so, um, yeah, that, that's what that's what happened. And I would say the the connection that I had with Henry and our friendship blossoming into a relationship and him being very serious from the beginning, saying, I am interested in you. I'm interested in marriage. I'm not playing games like he's he was literally he was that direct <laughs> for the beginning. And uh, I thank God for that, because that also is another avenue that helped me you know keep that grind and keep that focus and keep in ministry um and it, and god re, you know revealed his promise because like i said i always had a an interest in and in being in ministry and god allowed that to happen so uh yeah that's that's kind of how how that all went down <laughs> amen amen that's a blessing and, and you know what what i got out your story um Number one, you just been a, a child that's been full of God's spirit and God's word. Um, number one, your parents raised you right. Glory to God, because it starts in a home. That's number one. That's your first church. The first ministry starts in a home. And also what I appreciate about your story is that you went through situations where you felt apart from God because people need to know that because people need to know that just because you're a Christian, it ain't always good on, on this end. You're going to go through situations because being a Christian, it's always like a zigzag, right? You have your ups, you have your downs. You have your, so that's why we trust in Jesus. But you had, God always knew your heart desire. Your heart desire was to always to, to you wanted to marry a, a minister, so you had to go through what you went through for a reason. And in order for you to get what God already has prepared for you, you had to let go. And what people have a very difficult time to do, because I was one of those people. I was in a I was in a bad relationship. <laughs> I had a hard time letting go. I wouldn't be married to the wife that I have now um, if I didn't let go of some stuff. Before I go into any other questions, Adney is just itching over there. She heard so much good stuff, and I'm going to go ahead and let her have it. <laughs> okay, so Alicia, I don't know if I shared with you, um, God laid it on my heart to write a book on, um, well, for me, abortion. I know that's not what you did. Um, and when I was talking, there are so many women who get caught up in relationships that aren't good for them. I was one of those people. And how did you know, this person, when, when you told them, okay, this is what happened. This is what we're going to go through. How did they react when you had to go through the procedure? Because, you know, our listeners, especially women, we go through this thing, we get pregnant, we tell this person, they turn their back on us and we go through it alone. Were they, were they there or was your parents the one that said, you know what, we're disappointed, but we have to hold your hand through this. So share with our listeners that they know you're not the only one that goes through stuff like this. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, that, that person was there. Um, but I think we were just to be honest, I think we were just so young and, and I had so much shame and denial. Um, 
that, you know, when I think back to that time, um, I don't know, to be honest, I don't know that I've ever really processed it. I'm just going to be honest. I don't know that I've ever, because I was just in so, so much shame and I just was, I didn't want anybody to know. I just, you know, it was pretty much my parents and my aunt. I don't even know if my other family members know this, but I would, I was, I was just in a dark place. And, uh, but that person was there. Um, and you know, they were, they were there and my parents obviously were there. Um, my mom, you know, was like, you know, she was disappointed, but she was a mom. She was a mom. And, um, every, and we just, we didn't, we, I, we just never have talked about it. It just, it, it kind of happened. And again, I kind of suffered in silence a little bit as people do, you know, as we do sometimes. And, um, I probably should have talked to a counselor. I probably should have got some help and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I, I don't know why people think because you're a Christian, you don't need therapy. We do. <laughs> and I've even told Henry lately, and this, obviously this has been years ago. Right. Um, but I told him, I said, you know, just in general, not about that situation, but just in general, like, I'm like, I think I, I want to see a therapist just to talk and just to kind of make sure that I'm processing things because I'm very much, I'm very impulsive. And I'm also very much like, I'm done with that. <laughs> Like I can make a decision and be done. Like I really can. And, but that doesn't mean you've processed it. That doesn't mean that you've actually healed from it. It just means that you've blocked it out and you, and you are moving on. And so, um, so I encourage anyone to seek advice, seek guidance, seek support, seek help and, um, and, and forgive yourself, you know, forgive yourself. And, um, but yeah, those people were there for me, but it's also one of those things where we just were quiet about it. And we never really talked about it again. To this day, I don't think I've talked to my parents about it. And that's a traumatizing experience because the procedure that I had is is pretty much like having, you know, going through, because like, I was too far along. And so, um, and that's another thing. I was in such denial, like I never went to the doctor. I just didn't believe it. I didn't want to believe it because I was like, not me. <laughs> you know, not the, you know, the, the good girl, because that's what everybody called me, the good girl. Um, but I was God's girl first and foremost. And, um, and he, I wanted to please him. And, and I, I think I was just such shame about it, but God, it's just like, you know, Adam and Eve, like, God, like, I see y'all, but you're trying to cover yourself with the leaves. <laughs> I know everything about you. Uh, and, um, and so you just have to get transparent before God and ask for forgiveness and forgive yourself and, um, you know, and, 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 and get some healing for sure. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. Cause I know a lot of women are dealing with that. And that's, that's one of the reasons I'm stuck because I'm like, I don't know what direction to take. And you just said something so profound, the processing of it all, you know, you got to process it, not block it out. So I guess the Holy Spirit, when I tell you God knew why he was going to bring you on, <laughs> I'm grateful and thankful for that. And then your husband, when you shared this with him, how did he like, react to it? You know, how did he take it? Cause you know, sometimes men, they finicky. <laughs> so I want you to share with us. How did Henry react when you shared this with him of, of what happened? Yeah. One thing I can say about my husband and I, uh, we're very transparent and, uh, because we are, you know, our dating time, right. Before we were engaged, was short. <laughs> we, we, we spent a lot of time, you know, talking to him. We were long distance because he was in seminary at the time. Uh, but anyway, but we, uh, we shared a lot with each other. Um, he shared some things with me. I shared some things with him. And so we started our relationship like that. Um, so I, I think that um, he was open to, to hearing me because, you know, he had to share his, his dirty laundry too. 
And, um, and so, yeah, I think he reacted, you know, fine. I think, you know, he, he's a gracious person. Um, and so, you know, we just put it all on the line. This is what it is. And, uh, and then we took the time from the, we, we got engaged July of 2008. We got married October, 2009. So we had about a year and some months to really, right. Get to know each other. And, uh, we knew that we were, we were both lovers of God and, and, you know, we wanted to do things right. And so, we just made a commitment to each other and to God um, that, you know, that's our past. And, you know, we're looking forward to a better future with each other. So I, I think he, he accepted it fine. Uh, I accepted his stuff fine. And, uh, and we just knew that that was a part of our story. Amen. I, I, don't wanna, I don't wanna ask too many questions on that mm-hmm. because you're about to come on to Jesus Sprinkles. So I want you to reserve some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so Brother Nick, I'm passing that to you. Yeah, but, but I do. Yeah, I do. I do want to say this real quick, you know, um, because that, you know, obviously that situation is part of my story. Um, but, you know, I, I do want to I, I thank God, you know, every day for my husband, um, you know, being married to a man of God, uh, a preacher. Um, can, it has this, that has also its ups and downs. Uh, and, and he's actually been in situations where he's been the senior minister. Right. We've had two of those situations. And so. That has been a, you know, a journey and a challenge, especially when you have people um, that just want a lot of their attention. Right. So you're you're vying for that, you know, same affection and attention or you have people that, you know, for the wrong reasons, just don't agree on something that, you know, he's saying do or what have you. And you're just you're like, wait, a, wait, a, wait a minute now. <laughs> don't come for him. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, but so that brings a challenge, but my husband has, I mean, he's been a hundred percent from day one and uh, I thank God for him. And, um, he's a part of my story too. And, uh, I just want to share that, that, um, I thank God for him. The, the Bible says that the husband is to, you know, wash his wife with the word. And, and my husband for sure does that. Um, you know, I always tease people that, or tell people that, uh, you know, I'm always hearing a sermon, <laughs> You know, some preacher is always on the on the the microphone that we have or the speaker that we have. Uh, you know, gospel songs are always being played. You know, our children and myself we we don't we don't have a we don't have a, a room. I guess I would say to to veer left because he's the leader and he's leading us in the right way. So, you know, I praise God for him as well. He's definitely a part of the story. Yeah. Amen. And you, you know what, Alicia, you you beat me to the punch because I was going to ask you you know, questions about your husband. Cause if you notice, I'm, I'm, I'm working, we're talking, we're, we're not stopping this. It's just recording. <laughs> so um, I wanted to ask you, cause I know the Bible says that he that findeth the wife, findeth the good thing and attains favor from the Lord. And, and from, you know, from sharing your story, what you went through in, in college to now, you know, uh, from 2008 to 2009, here you are, you're, you're married to this man of God. Like, did it even cross your mind that here I am, I'm going to be a minister's wife? Because like you said, it, it all ties in to your purpose. And even just listen to your story, you went through what you went through to prepare you to be a minister's wife. So you have that high calling because I always have a level degree respect and reverence for ministers. People don't understand to be a minister. This is this this. <laughs> I'm gonna let you explain that. You're 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 the one that's living under that umbrella, that experience. So so you know here it is. So he proposed to you. You're married to him. Like did it even cross your mind that well I'm gonna be a minister's wife? And could you share some experiences, um, the pros and cons <laughs> of being a minister's minister's wife? 
Yeah, sure. So again, I think younger, I had an interest, but it was more so because I saw a great influence, you know, a minister and his wife, you know, so it's similar to people that say, hey, I want to be a basketball player because I see, you know, a LeBron or something, right? It was more that fantasy type thing. Uh, and so when Henry and I started uh, dating and he proposed so quickly, I was like, dude, I always tell him like, you don't, you don't even know me. Like, what are you talking about? He always used to tell me he loved me, all that kind of stuff. But my husband was seeking me out way before we started dating. So, but I was in, a, you know, I was in this relationship. So uh, what I will say though, marrying a minister, no, I didn't think that, um, you know, it would manifest kind of at that particular time. I thought we were just, you know, getting to know each other and, you know, just, you know, having an intentional relationship, but I didn't know that it would happen <laughs> that quickly. And I think I got married at 25. So, uh, you know, still relatively young. And uh, so, yeah, I would say that timing I didn't realize, but God, you know, of course, Romans 8, 28, all things work together. So marrying my husband and and going into full-time ministry, um, you know, it, pre- it presents a lot of pressure. I think people don't realize the burden that's on the man of God, right? He's ca- He literally is carrying everything, right? Uh, he not only has to be a leader and subject to the Holy Spirit, right? So you you got to be in connection so that you can hear a word, right? <clears throat> because when you're a true man of God, you're hearing from God. It's not just, oh, today I just want to get Psalms 23. No, it don't work that way. <laughs> you know, you're hearing from God. And so, or you know, he's directing you. So that's one thing. So you have to, you know, you got to live right, you know, so that you can keep that connection and that, that line with God. I would say the other thing is, you're again, you're carrying the burden of the church. Um, you care about so many people. And so you want to see them do well and you want to see them grow. And that's the thing, because it's hard to change people, you know, and God has to do it. But you feel so called to just want them to move the needle, um, you know, that it just it just brings a lot of pressure on you. So I would say that um, you just get drained. Um, you know, Sundays, my husband would tell me Sundays don't, you know. Let's just make sure we're on good terms. I don't need no trauma. And, you know, I need to be uninterrupted because, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm being filled and then I have to release it all. And so I try to make sure that Sunday I'm out of his way. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so I would say it's draining. And the other thing is you have to be a leader. So not only spiritually, but depending on what church you're in and if you have, you know, elders or deacons, I mean, you, if you don't have elders and deacons set up, you're the leader. I mean, you're leading the flock, you're leading everything, you're leading decisions, you know, you're making key decisions. So it's, it's a lot. Um, it, it's definitely can be done. We see a lot of great, great men of God doing it, but it, it can be a lot. And I think for the wife, I, I've always been a person where, you know, I have been, I'm okay, with, which is funny because I grew up as the only child. So I love that attention. But I think my husband has always just been such a intentional person. So I have, I've never really felt lack. Uh, in that space. But what I will say is that it does cause them to be kind of out of the house or doing, you know, things, but I've, I've been occupied. Right. So initially when we first got married, it was career, right. I was working so hard on my career and then we, you know, we started being in ministry. So then I was working hard with them and I was doing, you know, I won't say my own thing because it's all God's thing, but you know, in my lane, (laughs) you know, doing my thing. And um, so that that's been fine, but it, it can be, it can be a lot. Uh, so there are challenges with just their time and, um, it can be a challenge also that people, they don't realize how much work goes into getting prepared for a sermon, getting prepared to marry people, because that's a serious thing too. Um, you know, getting ready to do funerals, 
you know, all of that, it, it takes a lot. And so I just think that people just, you know, because we see people like Brother Daniels, where it's just like, we know the Holy Spirit just deposits, right? And you're, just, you know, but he still, himself still, right? And same thing for Henry. I mean, it takes a lot, um, even if that's their gift for them to, to, to release that. So that's what I would say are some of the challenges. Hey Amen. That's good. Okay. So, so now, now you have it listeners uh, about our husband. You got a chance to hear what it means to be a preacher's uh, wife and the things that they endure. So this is my last question. Um, so we know that, you know, as you mentioned about your husband, because when you're a preacher, you're stepping into your calling, your purpose. You already know what you call to do. Yeah. You just preach the word, preach the word, but it's just not just that we already, you know, obviously you, you know, all the details that go into preaching. So in terms of you, cause one thing, when you see your significant other, your spouse is doing God's purpose, God's will. And, and I want to talk about what you're doing and, you know, we're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, you're, you, you have a thing going on walking out your purpose, uh, podcast with Alicia Smith. So I, I want you to talk about that. What inspired you to uh, come up with this podcast? Cause now, cause everybody has their own individual ministry. And I want people to understand that just because you're married to somebody, um, yeah, it ties into, you know, the God given purpose between two, but we're also separate. We do, we t- both of us have separate purposes and certain separate callings because a person can say, okay, I live with this person. Well, I guess I'm doing God's will because that other person right there is preaching. So I'm doing God's will. I'm good. Or you can have a parent in the household that, you know, the parent is saved and the child says, oh, I'm saved because my parents are saved. So I want you to talk about that. Like, you know, what inspired you to come up with walking out your purpose podcast? Sure. Great. Thank you for that question. Well, I would say one big thing with my husband and I is that we've always been big on whatever we do complements each other. So even though I'm doing this Walking Out Your Purpose podcast, it complements what he's doing as far as ministry. And I always get on him because he used to, when we were in South Carolina, we lived in South Carolina at at one point, and he used to do these testimonial Tuesdays and he would go in his office and he would just turn on the camera and he would just do a devotion. And I, I keep getting on him to get back to that. Um, because that's, I got inspired by that. I thought that was just a great way to connect with people. Um, but anyway, but walking out your purpose was birthed on my birthday. Uh, I launched it on my birthday last year in 2020, we were in a pandemic and I just saw so many people losing hope and so many people just, uh, allowing it to overwhelm them. And I've just been a, you know, a person that has always been big on, all things work together. All things happen for a reason. And, you know, God has called us to still be great, even in dark circumstances, or even when the, you know, the world is doing something different. You know, the Bible talks about, you know, my husband does something called living upright in the upside down world. You know, that's our calling. It's always right. And uh, so anyway, so I just felt a, a, a calling to to put something together. I had no idea it would be what it is now. Uh, originally, I just thought like, hey, you know, I always say two or three, listen, I'm good. And uh, for those that know the word, you know, two or three um, are gathered in his name. He's there in the midst. And so I just started talking. <laughs> and uh, I, I remember calling my mom and saying, this is something that I wanted to do. And so we, we tossed around some ideas and things. I wanted to do something with my husband. And he was like, babe, you good. Do your thing. And so that's how it started. And I've been blessed, uh, you know, for it to be on still and, and, and going strong and, and so that's what, that's what inspired me. I just, I felt the weight of 2020 on people and I wanted them to know that even in a pandemic, you have purpose 
and you should be really working on delivering. And if no other time than now, it's the time because you've got time because you're not at restaurants, <laughs> you're not at the mall, you're not out and about, you're at home most of the time, right? And so um, I wanted people to know that there's still there's still work to be done. There's still people that need to come to God and, you know, that I wanted to just share that message and, and give people encouragement in all areas of their life. That's a big thing that I'm focused on in the podcast. I, you know, I, I want it to be, you know, of course, it's still ministry and I want to talk about that piece, but I want them to know you can succeed in your career. You can start a new career. You can start a business and you can still exude Christ in all of those things. So that's, that's how it started. Amen. I know brothers and sisters alike is going to be blessed uh, by this episode. And I just, I'm sorry, one last question and then we're going to close. So what's, what's one thing you can share with our listeners to obey their call and the purpose that they have in Christ Jesus. Since you are Mrs. Purpose yourself, walking out your purpose podcast. <laughs> so I want you to share with our listeners, because, you know, we might have an unbeliever that's struggling to identify his purpose in Christ or why is he here? Why does he exist? Because people struggle with that. I mean, at, at some point I did, like, why am I here for? So Mrs. Purpose herself, what can you tell a listener that's listening right now might be in a car, at a gym, at a grocery store, and they're, they're, they, they want to identify that calling. God is c- tugging their hearts right now. What can you share with that listener? Well, first and foremost, I want to share that we all have a universal purpose, and that's to bring glory to God. And what I want people to understand is that when you think about your purpose, sometimes we overthink it. And so it is those things that come to us naturally. It's those things that, uh, again, will bring glory to God. And it's your unique personality, right, tied to something that you enjoy uh, that will bring glory to God. So for me, I love presenting. I love hosting. I love talking. I love bringing people together. And I love, of course, for people to transform their lives and for them to follow Christ. So my main thing is seek God about it. Know that whatever it is, it needs to be in line with what's going to bring him glory. And don't overthink it. Think about the things that come easy to you. Think about the things that God is depositing in you. Think about what people are telling you you're good at. And just be be open to that and really just search, continue to search God to find what it is that um, that he's calling you to do. He will show you. He will show you. And you just have to, you know, be seeking that and and not, not overthink it. Amen. So Sister uh, Smith, we thank you so much for uh, joining uh, this show is, I mean, it blessed me and I'm sure that has blessed us, Sister Adney as well. So where can the people reach you? Awesome. So again, as we talked about, I have a podcast, Walking Out Your Purpose with yours truly, Alicia Smith. And you can find that podcast on Anchor. That's my main platform, A-N-C-H-O-R.fm. Just search Walking Out Your Purpose and it will pop up. You can also I have a Facebook page and a Facebook group. Both are called Walking Out Your Purpose. So you're more than welcome to find me there. And I also have a YouTube channel, Walking Out Your Purpose with Alicia Smith. So the name is the same uh, everywhere you go. Uh, we're there and we're we're here to encourage you and to inspire you to be your, the best you that you can be. Amen. So y'all listeners, go ahead and chase and or follow. I said chase, chase. Maybe they should go chase and follow. Walking Out Your Purpose with Alicia Smith. Again, we appreciate her so much. And that's it, folks. God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. That's it for now. But before we go, please continue to listen, subscribe, and share our podcast. 
Also, if you want to support our show, please scroll down to the bottom of the show notes and click on the link that says buy me a coffee. We would greatly appreciate it. Thank you for listening. And remember, God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. And also Jesus Christ loves you. Thank you. Wait, there's more. What if today was your last day on earth? Would you be ready to meet your maker? Well, Jesus Christ has given us the good news. He told his disciples in Mark 16, 15, 16, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Jesus Christ has instructed his children to share and preach the gospel, which is the good news, which means that Jesus Christ came and that he was sacrificed. He was buried and he rose on the third day by believing and by repenting and confessing and being baptized. You will be saved. So it is your choice. Jesus Christ will not force you. You've heard the message. You heard personal testimonies. But this is your opportunity to give your life to Christ. Don't wait until tomorrow, because tomorrow is not promised. So I hope you submit to the will of God and give your soul to Christ. Be blessed.